The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. LinkedIn presents. How can I create a structure where I can thrive as a nurturer advisor? So many people have said yes to the quest to blaze their own paths in business over the last few years, whether founding a company, a private practice, or any other endeavor. And when building a business from scratch, it can feel like we need to wear all the hats all the time. And I'm raising my hand because I have done that numerous times. So how do we do that when not everything is a natural talent or drive or impulse? Often we yearn to do the parts that we're good at and that also fill us up, that spark us and We want to run from all the other necessary but more emptying work, but there's no one else to do the work that empties us. So in today's podcast, listener Natalie, she shares her story of the past year and all the big shifts, including a personal journey into wellness, healing modalities, and mindfulness practices while working as an ICU registered nurse and then losing her job due to a medical issue. And she reframed that moment as an opportunity to follow her emerging passion and build a business as a wellness coach and meditation teacher. And she's wondering how to stand in the work that lights you up when you're starting something new. And by the very nature of a new business, you also have to do so many other things that just don't play nice with what sparks you. Are there unique ways that we can approach structure or process, technology, marketing, sales systems, and all these other things that bring less resistance and more joy and ease to the experience? And on deck with me this week from the Spark Brain Trust to help tease out what really matters and share insights and ideas is multi-time founder and CEO of Jada Selner Media, the co-creator of the Simple Green Smoothies, Social Movement and Biz Phenom, sought after advisor to entrepreneurs and best-selling author in her new book, She Builds, is fantastic, by the way, Jada Selner. So quick note, you'll hear us mention something we call Sparkotypes in conversation. Well, what is that? Turns out we all have a unique imprint for work that makes us come alive. This is your sparkotype. When you discover yours, everything, your entire work and life, even parts of your personal life and relationships begin to make more sense. And until you know yours, well, we're kind of fumbling in the dark. And just like today's listener did, you can discover your sparkotype for free at sparkotype.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now on to Natalie's story in question. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spark. Hi, my name is Natalie and my pronoun is she. I'm interested in all things related to wellness, healthy eating, exercise, longevity, mind-body connection. This last year has been pretty difficult and very exciting for me. A lot of things have shifted in my life. I worked as an RN in an ICU for 20 years and I loved 90% of my job. I was happy with the pay, benefits, vacation time, and flexibility. I've been on a personal journey of self-development learning different modalities of healing like mindfulness, meditation, and yoga. Last year, I lost my job due to a medical issue, so now I'm building a new business as a wellness coach and a meditation teacher. I was excited to find out that I'm a nurturer advisor, which sounds like a perfect combination for a wellness coach. Organizing, though, is my Achilles heel. And the question I have is, how do I build a business when any need for creating structure meets resistance? 
finding clients, creating a website, opening a business account. All of these things are not things I naturally do, and they stand in the way of me being of service as a coach, which is what I love to do. So my specific question I'd love to hear Jonathan and the Brain Trust speak to is, how can I create a structure where I can thrive as a nurturer advisor if structure, building, and organizing is not a natural talent of mine? Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming healthcare technology. From artificial intelligence to robotics and beyond, health tech is reinventing what's possible. Every year, Medtronic improves the lives of 74 million people, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. Oh, I so feel Natalie's pain here. <laughs> As like a multi-time founder and like idea creator and and who loves the process of ideation and creation, but um, all the other stuff that goes along with building a business, whether it's a solo business, like a private practice or something bigger, it's just, you know, I've learned to get good at it because I've had to, but not my wheelhouse. Where do you want to jump in here? Um, there, There's some really interesting like overlaps with you too, which is why I thought this would be an interesting sort of conversation to bring you into. Yeah. Well, you know, something that stood out to me that Natalie shared was that there she loved 90% of her previous job. And I thought that was an interesting, I actually ran some numbers and did some math of how could she do 90% of what she loves in her new venture in being a, a health coach and mindfulness and meditation um, and allow that 10% that that's where the more admin type things or marketing, finding clients, building a website, you know, being able to open a business account. So really looking at the kind of the structure and hours of how much time she's pouring into her new business. So think if you worked 30 hours a week, 27 hours would be 90% and then three hours a week could be that 10% that she could dedicate. And I would maybe even start more in that like 20% range you know, so it's like, what if she dedicated a whole day just to the not so sexy admin structural type building pieces, um, just to start to build that, that momentum. So it doesn't feel like it's taking up all of her time. So that was kind of the first thing that was standing out to me was just around the percentage. And that's truly the reality of entrepreneurship or any career endeavor that we're working in. We're not going to love every Peace. We can say that in our own relationships and all of that. That's the room for for growth and opportunity to how do we sustain something in that way when it's like, oh, I don't love that part, but I love all these other things. Yeah, I, I love that you sort of like um, you you looked at the number that jumped out at, at me as well. And for a slightly different reason, too, I was actually surprised by the 90% because that's really, really high, especially for somebody who's working in an environment that can sometimes be feel very constrained, that's highly regulated that has like these like paradigms and cultures that are often very old and entrenched and not super changeable that has a power dynamic and a pecking order 
that can be unkind to certain people and and a way of doing things. And the fact that she was an RN for 20 years and she was saying, you know, at least towards the latter part, you know, like 90% of her time actually like felt really good. I was like, yeah, that I I had this prejudgment. I going into it as soon as I heard what she did, I was like, oh, this will be like a 50-50 scenario at best. Right. So I was really surprised by that 90% number. Yeah. And I and I get curious about for her working, that structure was already built in for her. So that's something that she's going to have to build the resilience around and capacity to recreate those structures. Because I don't think she's actually resistant to structure. She is, it's just new for her. So it's really being able to take on a growth mindset with this new body of work where she's going to have to create the structure that already existed in her previous career. And so we're going to have to create some, some guardrails, some bumper rails in order to have that structure. So I don't actually think she's resistant to the structure. It's just a new way of working where there is no structure. And now she's going to have to create it from the inside out versus stepping into something that's already created from the outside in. Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction to make is the notion that um, the structure itself is not the challenge here. In fact, it sounds like she really thrives in a highly structured environment. It's it's the invitation to be the person who actually needs to create the structure from the ground up. Like that's the work that feels like a heavy lift, not actually functioning in sort of like a well-organized structured environment. That sounds like something, sounds like she thrives in that. And I think... Uh, my sense is a lot of people are really similar. We kind of like, we want to know what are the expectations? What are the norms and the rules? Like, what are, you know, like, how do I do things in a way that I know makes sense, you know, like, is effective and efficient, is proven, will sort of like have me, you know, working well with others. And when we know that and, and it makes sense to us, we flourish in it. Um, when we know it and it doesn't make sense to us, especially if you're a questioner like I am, um, <laughs> You get rebellious really, really fast. <laughs> yes. Uh, thus, the fact that I've like like started my own businesses many times over. Um, so, so let's dive into this a little bit, right? Because so, as, as you said, you know, like you had this really interesting prompt, which is, you know, what if you started out like first accept that there are things that everybody needs to do when you're starting your own gig um, that may not come naturally to you, may feel like a lot of work may require learning to actually really understand how do I do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then effort to do it and more effort than somebody else because it's new to you. So you're not super efficient or effective at it. So you're learning as you're doing. And oftentimes that involves doing wrong and then fixing yeah. and correcting course. What's your lens on sort of like how to how to step into this process? I mean, you had a really interesting invitation for us. Like think about, you're going to have to say yes to this. Maybe start out with more of an 80-20 allocation, but then once you're actually stepping into doing the work that doesn't feel like, you know, it's valuable, you kind of know you want it in place, but it really is not coming easily or naturally to you. Like, yeah. Do you have thoughts on how to like, uh, how to move into that you know, yeah. in the beginning? Yes, I have three thoughts. <laughs> so let's see if I can. Um, one is just the mindset. So it's Carol Dweck, right? That wrote the book, uh, yeah. Mindset. And so she said, um, structure building organizing is not a natural ta- natural talent of mine. And all I wanted to add was yet to the end of that sentence, that it's not a natural talent of hers yet. And so this is what you're saying, kind of that learning. Uh, so I think that piece 
And then also a reframe around she's saying that all of the kind of finding clients, creating her website, those are standing in the way of her being in service of being a great coach. And what if we shifted that and said that that is actually on the way that is supporting her to be of service and be a coach and to do this on her own. So I think having a little bit of mindset reframes and shifts of the languaging that she's using around this so that we can kind of step out of it's not a natural talent of mind, it's in the way. So just kind of shifting the language around that I think can be really helpful. And then you mentioned working well with other people. And I think that was um, something that was coming up for me. Could she reinvest some of the money that's coming in from her coaching to get support to help her with the structure? So when I started my own coaching practice, um, even when I was still working in Simple Green Smoothies, I hired a part-time admin support for just five hours a week. And that was very helpful for me because I'm very visionary. I'm an admin advisor. I love like I just want to show up. Like let me do what I do best. This like let me serve. And all of this other stuff is just in the way. So that just hiring someone for 5 hours a week can take a lot off of your plate from the calendaring, scheduling, you know, managing email inbox, just some of that more admin stuff can kind of create a bit of a lift for you. And also you don't feel so alone. Um, And that right hand that I hired many years ago has been with me for over seven years and has grown in capacity to how many hours she supports me. So that was more of a logistical, practical way of creating some structure. So I have a team meeting on Mondays and that just helps me, okay, what are the priorities for this week? And I have some external accountability that someone's waiting for me on the other side for something. So it's a way to recreate the structure that she was used to within her previous career, that she can kind of bring that in from other people that are supporting her mission and how she serves. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. Um, the, the idea of like, actually, you know, it's questioning the, the basic assumptions, right? One is you had this beautiful invitation for a reframe. Like, like, can we use different language so it doesn't feel like this is obstacle based language, but it's just like, these are things that, you know, like I will like create or bring into my orbit that will enable me to do the work, um, of nurturing and coaching and elevating others. And um, how do I frame them as, you know, like invitations to step into and like, how can I actually view it as a way to make more fun? And then the idea of, you know, questioning, do I actually have to be like, what exactly do I really need? And do I genuinely have to be the one who does it or who creates it? Um, and if so, like for how long, you know, because I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we're, we're we make those decisions because we either we haven't fully examined it or we have very real resource constraints, you know, and maybe we actually don't have the funds to um, pay somebody for even five hours a week to support us on the admin side or to help design a website. But then, then I always wonder, well, like, okay, so even if you, if you, you know, like work on that assumption, say, okay, so my circumstances legitimately don't allow it. Yeah. Is there still another way Mm -hmm. that I could bring other people into my orbit to support this? You know, are there opportunities to barter? 
Absolutely. Are there platforms that might make this a lot faster and easier than I actually thought it would be? You know, like mm-hmm. some of like if you need a new website as a coach, you know, it'd be great to have somebody develop a custom website for you. Like fantastic. And at the same time, there are a half dozen website platforms or website builders that literally can have you have a beautiful looking website of your own designed around a really intelligent coaching business-based template up yeah. in probably an hour or two by just writing yeah. your own copy for it and uploading a handful of pictures. Is it the one that you eventually want to have a couple years down the road? Maybe, maybe not, but it's a great starting point. So sometimes like I think if we go a step further and say, even if my resources are constrained, I'm going to keep questioning the assumptions because maybe there are still ways that I can do this that are faster and easier, or I can, I don't actually have to compensate somebody with cash, but maybe there's something else of value where we can exchange for a short while even to make this happen. So I can spend more time, you know, like in the work that actually makes me come alive. Yeah. And I'm a huge advocate for uh, some people will be like, don't barter. But I've been someone who has been resource uh, strapped and had to become very creative, whether it was childcare swaps with a friend, I'll watch your kids, you watch mine so then I can work. I've definitely done barters for website design type things and graphics or giving someone a free seat in a program in exchange for XYZ. So if resources are strapped, for the example, with Natalie, she could offer someone a health coaching package in exchange for website design. I've seen plenty of people do things like this. And I think it's a beautiful way to leverage people's gifts and talents and the economy um, and being creatively resourceful in that way. So yeah, I, I love that you bring that up, that some of us don't have the resources, but how can we get the financial and how can we get creative of more affordable, accessible ways to get the things that we need? And also even a website is not always essential in the very beginning. Really, you can just build within your own personal network. And here's the problem that I solve. Here's how I can serve and help. And can you think of one person that you might know who could need this? Could you make a personal introduction? So some things we create this to-do list of here's what you need to be a a business. (laughs) And some of those things aren't necessary, especially in, in the beginning stages, or you might not know all of the copy for your website yet. So it's you sometimes build that in your coaching practice of of learning what are those pain points and how you can serve. And even coaching, some people do that for free in the beginning as well. That's part of testing and and really getting to know your audience that you serve. Yeah. And and most coaching certifications, I know you're actually required, like you have to actually spend a certain number of hours working with clients or, you know, your early stage ex- experimental clients, which not infrequently are friends and family. Um, yes, yes. To add even more dysfunction to the experience <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there. You know, so it's it's part of the equation, but but you bring up a really another really interesting point, which is that like let if you keep questioning the assumptions, even on another level, like you know, everyone would say, oh, if you're gonna start a coaching business, you have to have a website, and it has to have this, that, and this, and eventually, sure, it would be nice, but you know. What came to mind is a, a dear friend of mine who had really high level experience in business, 20 plus years, like similar to what Natalie had in the world of medicine, left to start her own consulting business. And she built basically a full-time practice within the first year and without really ever using a website, largely on the fact that, you know, she reached out to everyone that she knew. 
She made a point to, you know, like twice a week, she would set up a lunch or a phone call or a video call with somebody in her network, both her like close ties and her like what we call weak ties or extended network to just touch base, share what she was up to, ask if there was anything that they, they needed help with or anyone that, you know, they, they thought might be a good potential person for her to help. And, and literally with just that was able to rebuild rapidly a more than full-time uh, living. And now I want to say it's actually probably going on two years, year and a half, two years is just now circling back to say, you know, I think I need a website that I can be <laughs> proud of here to put it up. So yeah, even questioning those basic assumptions and saying, especially for a coaching practice, so often you know, like the your business is largely generated by word of mouth. Yes. You know, and it's the first five clients are the hardest ones to get. But a lot of times those first five clients also can come from just an intention and a commitment to every week. You know, like I'm going to talk to three people in my network, in my community, in my former uh, RN community, in people in different communities that I participate yeah. in. Or maybe I'm going to like one of those commitments is going to be to show up at a local trade organization or community group that I'm a part of and just and give a talk on, you know, like something that I'm I care deeply about. And and Natalie also said, you know, like she's she's deeply interested in mindfulness and meditation yeah. and, yoga and just well-being in general. And with her background, oh my gosh, what a powerful differentiator. <laughs> When she gets up in front of a room and talks about well-being and health and mindset, you know, in a two-plus decade career, this is somebody who, like, people will listen to differently. Yeah. And I, I think maybe sort of acknowledging, like, she's got this really powerful asset in her past life career. Not a lot of other people can leverage and really understand, like, that alone can open a lot of doors without having to spend a lot of money on all the structure and the scaffolding and the tech in the early days. Yeah, well, you know you start turning our marketing brains on know, and we're, we're getting super excited <laughs> right, right. because when you ha talk about her tapping into her network, imagine her doing free workshops within the organization that she was in or, you know, Hey, would you like me to do a free mindfulness workshop? Like, so she's her finding clients can actually be doing what she loves to do, which is coaching. So actually being able to nurture and advise in the room with that, you know, she has access to people and, you know, even finding ways to go into prenatal care, like just different things. Like, I think there's a, a really cool opportunity for her to tap into her present network and share what she is up to and being able to offer ways that she can get in front of more people. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm even just seeing the world she came out of. Now the marketing wheels are spinning, right? Yes, <laughs> totally. Like, you and I both, like once you open those gates, they just, they can't we get We start shot. smiling. We're right. excited. Um, you know, if I know a number of friends actually who are former physicians who are now, they largely exclusively coach physicians, current physicians, or like people in the, in the healthcare profession, the medical profession at many different levels. And um, because there's such a high incidence of burnout and unhappiness and and, and lack of meaning in a profession where you would figure it's all about meaning, but there's so much other stuff going on in that profession, in that world right now. It can be a bit brutalizing, especially after the last few years. So I know a few people who've left the profession to turn around and coach their former colleagues on how to be okay. And the fact that Natalie could actually say, you know, for I was nine, like 90% 90 awesome yeah. <laughs> at what I was doing. That alone for somebody who's in the profession, knowing that the majority of the people are actually probably closer to the reverse of that ratio mm -hmm. just sort of like sharing like this is like this is what's possible yeah um, and let's talk about that 
I just think there's a really powerful opportunity. People would really want to know the secrets of how, because that's why people will even read Sparked, right? Because they're trying to find meaning and purpose and feel they would love to have 70, 80, 90% of enjoying the work that they're doing. There's a, there's something in there that people want to know, like, what were you drinking and how can I get some of that? <laughs> and, um, and to be able to help her, her past colleagues, like you were saying, I think there's a very powerful opportunity and also taking a moment to just own her story, like really document the story of her work there. And then she mentioned that due to um, something around health that, you know, she was let go there. So there's a story, there's a story from the leap from there into this body of work that I think is really important for her to witness herself and then being able to share it with others. Because I think there's probably something very inspiring around what did she do in kind of rebounding through that health transition too. Yeah, it's funny as you're sharing that the um Dan Harris's uh book 10% Happier which is now a pod, you know, giant podcast and mm-hmm. podcast network. Natalie's version of that popped into my head. I was like, what if you created a talk called 90% Happy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like presented this to, to sort of like all the communities of especially like in in the medical world and sh- shared your story and then shared some ideas and tips and the practices on, you know, like, that she's using right now. exactly yeah. which that alone would very likely lead to a line of people at the end of every talk saying hey do you have a card or can I mm-hmm. work with you oh I love that so many interesting avenues we, we'll, <laughs> we'll be we're waiting for your TEDx talk Natalie <laughs> right exactly exactly we want to hear all of it the one last thing I want to circle around to also is so Natalie did share that her primary sparkotype is the nurturer and um, for those new to this body of work the sparkotype is your, your impulse for work that makes you come alive and the primary is the strongest one so the nurturer is all about it's it's giving care it's elevating others it's giving and taking care of others often when others won't or can't it is a deeply outflow oriented and empathetic impulse and that's probably one of the reasons why she flourished so much in this job that she had for two decades. When you're stepping out and creating your own new venture, I'm curious like, whether you feel like there are things to be also aware of about this impulse in terms of like the level of outflow that is just innate in you and, and you need to take care of yourself when you're doing something really hard. Yeah, I think that, you know, turning the nurturing back to herself during this season of growth is really important because of the mindset shifts and the empathy that she is going to have to have with herself of this isn't a natural talent of mine. So, you know, it's being really compassionate and not beating yourself up when some of the things that you're doing, you're it's just new. You're a beginner. Um, so you're going to embrace that beginner's mindset and things are going to feel difficult and hard because she's been in a deep level of mastery for 20 plus years. And now it feels like, oh, I'm at the beginning. I don't know what I'm doing. So being really kind and compassionate to herself, the same things that she's doing for her own coaching clients, she's going to have to turn that back to herself to slow down and be mindful and compassionate and nurturing with her own body too, especially with that health, the health transition of, of what's going on to double down on that self-care during this season of being building a, a startup, really. Yeah, love that and completely agree. Well, Natalie, I think um, hopefully we've given you a, a whole bunch of different ideas to play with and 
and maybe even ways to get jump started with uh, the work that you're doing. Everybody listening, in whether you share Natalie's archetype or not, these are a lot of general insights also just about so many people who are looking to start and build their own thing right now, which is a huge number of people given the times that we are living in. So I hope you found this valuable. As always, we so appreciate you joining us and we will see you here on Spark again next week. Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.